Hey there, welcome back to the Katie Lands Podcast. I'm so excited today because I had such a special guest on today. Stephanie Chumbly is a dear friend of mine. I have known Stephanie for more than a decade. She is the Director of Social Media and Education for Chicago Title in Oregon. And you guys, we had a great conversation about social media, what's working, what's not working, mistakes that she's seeing uh, agents and brokers face. We talked a lot about time and how to really maximize your time when it comes to content creation. Uh, we also had a great conversation around video, creating video, Instagram specifically, Reels. She's got some awesome tips and hacks that I can't wait for you to hear. So huge shout out to Stephanie for being on our show. I know you're going to enjoy it. So let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Katie Lance Podcast. If you're an entrepreneur, social media geek, real estate pro, a mom, or maybe all of the above, and ready to level up your social media game, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Katie Lance podcast and the Get Social Smart show. I am so excited, you guys. We have a very special guest in the house today, my dear friend, Stephanie Chumbly, who I've known for quite some time, uh, probably more than a decade, I would say even more than that. Uh, and Stephanie is awesome. Uh, she is the director of social media and education for Chicago Title of Oregon. And we're going to have a really fun conversation today about social media and trends and apps and we're just going to have a lot of fun. So welcome, Stephanie. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. It is so fun to be on your podcast again. I was thinking when we were talking right before this, it's been a couple of years since we did this and we always talk at conferences, but it's just an honor and a pleasure to be back on your podcast. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I uh, I love, I think one of the things I love probably selfishly the most about my podcast is I got, to, I get to talk to all my favorite people <laughs> and uh, you and your awesome husband, Dale are just two of the best people. So I'm, I'm super, super excited for our conversation today. Thank you. Absolutely. So I kind of want to just get right into it with social media. And I will say really quick for our audience, whether you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast, um, we're going to put Stephanie's handles below so you can give her a follow. One of the things that I love um, among many things is I think Stephanie, you and I share a real heart for education, for helping realtors. Um, you share so many great tips and ideas and videos. I'm often like sharing your content. I'm like, yes, this is another good one. <laughs> so um, I would love to just kind of start with what are some, maybe a couple trends that you're seeing that are happening right now in the world of social media, especially when it comes to real estate. I think that people are listening more and they're learning more about their client and what their ideal client wants. I think we're seeing fewer of those canned pieces of content and people are finally looking at the canned pieces of content you can buy and making their own versions of it. And I'm seeing a lot of people being more authentic where they're creating video just in their home office and maybe in one of their listings. And it's them on camera sharing their heart, sharing their advice and suggestions. And we've been hearing that term authenticity, be authentic, be transparent for more than 10 years. And I think it's taken a while for folks in our industry to really understand how to implement that in social media. And I'm really happy with what I'm seeing. And there's uh, also been that algorithm change I think we're all happy about where we don't feel like we have to make videos so much. We can add some carousel posts or other pieces of content between the videos that are being shared. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm loving that too. I think there was a time where we felt like, okay, it's all video all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, it is feeling like now maybe our content can have a little bit of breathing room. We don't maybe have to post as much, but Mm -hmm. obviously still showing up on camera, uh, is important. And I know that's a big pain point for a lot of agents. Do you, do you talk to a lot of agents who are nervous about getting on camera? I know I do. And I'm just wondering if you have any tips or, or things that you could share for folks that are just a little nervous about taking that plunge. Yes, I do talk with a lot of people who are uncomfortable with it. And I remember Marky Lemons had said, it's not you, it's new. And we get so judgy when we see ourselves on camera because we're not used to seeing that version of ourselves that everyone else does. We know the mirrored version. We know where that mole is on our cheek. It's on this side. But then when I see a picture of me someone else took or a video, it's on the wrong side and my nose is crooked in a different way. You know, all these flaws (laughs) become very apparent to us. And the voice that we hear in our skull is not the voice that others hear. And that can take some getting used to. And I just encourage those who are uncomfortable with it to give themselves the same grace they would if it was their son or their daughter, if a loved one, if a child was creating a video they wouldn't be so judgy, but we're so harsh on ourselves or harsh to ourselves. And one of my escrow officers, Libby Cox, shared with me a tip that helped her get more comfortable on video. And I think it's worth sharing. She just opened up the camera on her phone and pointed it at her and set it on a position that she could see herself. And she continued to type all day and she would look at it now and then and uh, start to get used to how she felt on camera. She could see that version of her and how she moved her hands. And after one hour of that, she said she was finally confident enough to make her first reel. And so I think having that video mirror there, just passively, not even recording, but just passively on really helped her get comfortable with how she's seen on video. And I I just think it's a great tip worth sharing. Oh, I absolutely love that. I've never heard of that idea. So that is awesome. That's such a great just tidbit for our audience. I'm going to have to borrow that. Honestly, I think that's fantastic. (laughs) Well, I think a big part of it is just getting used to, to seeing yourself, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. on, on camera. Um, I think a lot of agents also worry about everything being perfect with video. And I get a lot of questions about video editing. I do feel like video editing has gotten a lot easier. There's so many great apps that make it a lot easier. What do you tell, I guess, two things. What do you tell agents who um, have questions about video editing? Do you think that every video needs to be edited? And I guess part two to that is, do you have a favorite app or tool that you uh, kind of your go-to in terms of video editing? I'll try to remember those because I wanted to touch on something else you said in that moment. When somebody asks if they need to re-record this again, I was just filming an escrow officer yesterday. He, he did a, a couple of mess ups. And they weren't so big that we didn't understand what he was saying. But I asked him, did you go to broadcasting school? And he said, no. I said, you know, I didn't either. I didn't even go to video editing school. I said, (laughs) you're just so much more relatable if you have those little accidents or you mispronounce a word that you know how to say. It just kind of, your tongue got lazy in the moment. It just sounded different. I, I make mistakes in my videos and I don't always chop them out or edit them out because I want to be relatable. So I like to let agents know that we can be more relatable to our audience and more approachable if we're not so flawless and perfect, like certainly strive for excellence, but remember that 
your superpower is not necessarily making videos. Like that could be something that is in your wheelhouse and that you can get better and better at, but you're not expected to be incredible at that. When you're face-to-face with buyers and sellers negotiating and helping them through a tough transaction, that's where you can really shine. And video is just something to supplement that. And we, we did not go to broadcasting school. I know I certainly did not. I didn't, and I didn't go to school for social media. It didn't exist at the time. I'm probably dating <laughs> myself, but. <laughs> and then as far as uh, editing, I like to just record things in one take so that I don't have so many little bits of video to scroll through and play. And what I'll do is I'll pull them into my favorite video editing app called InShot. I like it because I can speak to both Android and Apple users, and it's at a very affordable price point. I ended up paying for the annual subscription multiple times before I decided to just go with a lifetime subscription. At the time of this podcast recording, I believe that the annual subscription runs about $18, and a lifetime subscription is $39. But I always encourage people to do a freemium version and test it out. They'll put a watermark on it, but make sure that you really like it before you spend the money. And there will be those pregnant pauses like that, where somebody's thinking for a moment and they're coming back to it. You can edit that out with InShot very easily. Sometimes we'll mess up and then we want to start all over again. And it just, it's a good app for just chopping away the bits that you don't need. And you can either choose to add a transition or like a, almost a choppy video is what we've been seeing online for a few years. And it's perfectly fine. It's not weird to see little bits edited because a lot of us are working against the 90 second clock. We're trying to keep this really short for a vertical video. Yeah. And you're right. And when when you watch yourself back, I mean, I, this still happens to me and I'm sure it happens to you. I've been doing video for years. I was just recording some videos earlier today and sometimes it is tough to get it in under the mark. And even though you know what you want to say, you might have an um or not, or like a, just a moment where you're like, wait, what am I trying to say? <laughs> you know, so learning how to use an app like InShot, that's a great tool. And I love that it is, like you said, available for both, uh, both platforms. And I mean, when you say too, that it just takes a little bit of time to like, I feel like sometimes with video editing or our apps, people get frustrated, right? Because it takes a lot, it can take a lot of time when, you know, at, at first, but it's like anything, the more you do it, don't you feel like the faster you get, you just get a little bit more efficient, uh, you know, with, with doing it. I don't know if you feel that way, but I just, I feel like sometimes I'm in a race with video editing, like, oh, how quick can I get this done? <laughs> you know, yes. versus when in I'm... the past, it would take me forever to, to uh, edit like one simple thing. Yes, we see the end result that other users have published and we think, I want to do that. But what we don't see is behind the scenes, they had to come up with the idea. They had to do their hair and makeup. They had to find a quiet place with good lighting and good audio, maybe make the recording multiple times, then edit it, come up with a caption, uh, come up with some hashtags, and then publish that. That could have taken hours. That could have done been done over a series of days. And so when I'm teaching someone, I do get that question, like, how long is it going to take to learn this? Yeah. And I let them know that, I've been doing this for years. I've been using InShot for a long time and I've been making reels for a couple of years now. And it, it's so cliche, 
But it's so true. The more often you do it, the more comfortable you get. And then you're ready to add on a few more things and you can get a little bit more curious about what else the app can do. And that's how I discovered picture in picture, where I can have uh, a video within a video or a picture within a video showing and I can like blur out something. I made a reel right before this call and I was showing somebody how to, or I was making a reel about Be Real, that app. And I, there's some people's names that I wanted to blur out for privacy. And there was even a part of it, the video that I just made all black because I just, (laughs) I don't need that private feed being shown, but I think it's good to have uh, some time set aside to learn the app and maybe don't start with a video that you want to make first, just start with the app and record videos of your pet or a bird outside or the garden so that it's video that you're not really attached to. And then use the app to just really chop it up, mess it up, play around with it so that when you're ready to actually create some good content, you're more familiar with the app rather than editing the thing you're dying to get out right away. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I love that tip about blurring. I don't even think I realized that with InShot. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. A lot of times, yeah, with a video, especially I would imagine for an agent, you know, if you're maybe showcasing a listing or an open house and, uh, you know, you want to showcase the house, but if there are, you know, maybe some personal items or, or, or something Mm -hmm. that, you know, you don't want out there publicly in a video. Yeah. What a great opportunity to just blur that out, which I love. <laughs> it's in the stickers section and you can actually pick a picture from your camera roll or you can search for an animated GIF or uh, a, yeah, other things. But there is a section where you can grab different blurs and put them wherever you need them. It's very useful sometimes. That's great. So you you mentioned kind of this idea of how things can feel like they can take a lot of time, you know, especially when you're new to something. And I, I feel like this whole conversation around time and how long things take, I don't know about you, but this is like a common conversation I'm happening. I'm having with people. So I'm just wondering if you have any tips for like being more efficient with your time, whether it's like time blocking or like batching, or if there, like, is there anything that you find that either you do or that other agents that you work with do that just help them be a little bit more efficient, like with content creation or posting. Just curious. I have a notes app in my phone and anytime I get a really good question from a realtor after I've answered it and I'm reviewing the day, I'm going to type that question in there because if they've got the question, other people have the question. Other times I'm just like, I can't help but just teach every every time I'm with friends. So if I'm teaching things and I realize they didn't know this before, I'm adding that to the list because maybe I can make a reel and help other people. So I think always listening is important if they're listening to those questions that they're getting asked. And Chelsea Pites has pointed out going through your email, going through your texts for like 10 or 15 minutes a week and looking for all of those questions that you're getting and adding them to a list, that's going to kind of give you a script for content and save you time when you've scheduled some time on your calendar to make stuff. It's nice to have a list of things. And then I don't know if everybody's as moody as me, but sometimes I have that list and I don't feel like doing a lot of the (laughs) things I told myself I was going to do. Maybe there's uh, something that happened earlier in the week that I didn't even put on the list. And that's going to be a good reel. I mean, inspiration can spark anywhere. I think that also it's good to take some time at the beginning of each day for yourself. So my morning routine consists of 
a cup of coffee while I'm feeding the cat. And then I'm drinking the coffee while I'm looking at my planner where I've charted out in advance the whole day. But, you know, in our industry, things are always changing. Inspections come up. Appointments have to get rescheduled with me. And so I'm looking to see what changes need to be made. And once I know where my day is going, then I'll go ahead and change into my exercise clothes and I do my super wellness morning. And that's where I'm on the treadmill for at least 20, 25 minutes for my heart health. Then I'm doing a quick 10 minute meditation, laying on my yoga mat, and then I'm showering and getting ready and then starting the work day. And I find that when I do that, I feel more grounded, more centered, and things that fly at me don't feel so crazy because I've had that me time and that's a good foundation. And then I'm able to manage my time a bit better. And I think that checking in with yourself throughout the day, like, am I feeling really stressed? If I am, maybe do some breathing techniques, do some three deep breaths, or just get outside. Like I find there's nothing a 10 minute walk in the fresh air can't cure. I find if I'm feeling kind of like my feathers are ruffled and, uh, and I just, I need a break. If the three deep breaths don't work, then going outside and doing the lap around the neighborhood or wherever I am really helps me reset things. And so I think if you're in tune with yourself, it'll make it easier to manage things. Also, I'll just add, I do what you do, which is do the hair and makeup and then record things in batches. And I'm recording this podcast with you from this space where I record most of my videos. And so anytime I'm here, it just feels like a creative space and I feel inspired. And so I've got outfits, I've got makeup in case I showed up not looking like I was ready for video because that's my brand personally. Like I always have lipstick on and jewelry and then I'm recording a few videos if I feel inspired and I'm taking advantage of the good lighting and the creativity that I feel when I'm here. Yeah, you you touched on so many good things. And I love that you shared a little bit of your personal routine too, because I, I think a lot of times the issue with time comes from when perhaps we feel out of control with our time. Mm-hmm. I, I just know that from my own experience, you know, in the times where I get stressed or frazzled or feel like, oh my gosh, there's not enough hours in the day. It's maybe I've said yes to so many things, to too many things, you know, or just haven't had that chance to, like you said, get outside, take a walk or have some of those, you know, kind of boundaries or parameters when it comes to our time. Um, you know, we can have time to do just about anything. We just can't always say yes to everything (laughs) to make that happen. So, uh, I love that. I know, uh, that resonates with me. I'm sure that'll resonate Mm -hmm. with a lot of people in our audience too. So, you know, we've talked about video, obviously we've talked about getting on camera, um, you know, tips for editing, um, are there any big mistakes that you're seeing that are still happening from a lot of agents that you're working with? I'm, I'm sure some agents are, are newer to social media. Some are probably like you and I, we've been on social media, I feel like forever, <laughs> but are there still some common mistakes that you're seeing happening time and time again? A couple things. Uh, I, Instagram is my wheelhouse. So that's the, that's the place I'm thinking of when I say this, mm-hmm. I'll see people who don't realize they still have private accounts. And they're using hashtags and they're creating reels and they're not finding that they're growing their audience. You can't grow your audience if you're locked down and you have a private account. So I have them check their settings to see 
if it's private and I don't tell them that they need to unlock that, they have to decide that for themselves, but I'll support them if they want to change and have it be a public account and then go with a creator. So a lot of people with private accounts and I'm also seeing a lot of people completely missing the section where it says bio. They have nothing there. They might have their website, their real estate website, but they're talking nothing about real estate in their, in their bio or in the content they're creating. And they wonder why people aren't coming to their account. So I think a bio is really important to mention not just what you do and maybe not even to lead with what you do because people only use your services maybe every seven years or so. They're going to connect with you on the things that they have in common with you or that they like about you and you're entertaining or interesting. So if you lead with the things about you that are not your career, but then you add that you are a realtor, also include the city or the main area that you work in because if it doesn't say your city name, we're, we could be scrolling through your content, trying to figure out where you're located to know if you could even help us or if we could refer somebody to you. So I just think those are some common mistakes that people overlook. They just didn't even realize those things when they set up their accounts long ago. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Absolutely. Especially the, uh, the bio, well, all, everything you said, the bio part <laughs> and just you know not knowing if you have a private or public account for sure. So obviously we've, we've covered a lot of different things, again, apps and, and editing and, and just so many great insights. Is there anything that I, I didn't ask you that you want to, that you want to cover? You always share so much that sometimes I'm not sure what to ask you because you just have so much stuff that we could talk for like six hours probably, but is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to share today with, uh, with our listeners? I'm, how about, what are you reading? Oh, I love that. Yes. What are you reading? Okay, I've always said that I'm a serial book starter and I'm trying to reframe that, that I finish books. So <laughs> I am juggling a multitude of books right now, but I'm really enjoying one called Sparked. Have you heard of that book? I don't think so. It sounds intriguing. Okay, I'm going to just pull up the cover so that I get the, the full name of it. It's Sparked. Discover your unique imprint for work that makes you come alive. This is by Jonathan Fields. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and so it begins with taking a test. And I think sometimes the older we get, we realize either we're not like everybody else. And well, yeah, that is kind of what I've realized. Like I'm, I'm different from others. And I, I wonder why I am this way. And so I don't go down the path of every different personality test, but what I liked about this personality test was it was related to my passions and my job. And so I took the test and I learned that I am a maker and I'm a maven. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a maker and I'm a sage. And what that means is if I'm not making something, I'm not fulfilled. So, you know, in my personal life, I'm making a lot of art. I'm making a lot of complicated food dishes. Uh, I love to organize things. And in my work life, I love to make reels. I love to edit videos. I love to make social media content. And I thrive because I get to be creative with that. I'm really fortunate that those two things, the sage, which is um, a teacher and the maker, play into what I get to do. And so if, if somebody finds that they're struggling with real estate and it maybe isn't their passion, 
taking the quiz and learning more about what their passions are could help them find a creative outlet and kind of validate what they loved doing in their childhood. And maybe that's just something they enjoy on the side, but they incorporate it into their life more. And if you're doing more of what you love, then you may find that your work is more enjoyable because you've got this way to express yourself. Or some people are finding that they can monetize what their passions are. But I'm just fortunate that my top two are what I do. And then it also shows you where, um, I don't know how to phrase it, but the third one is kind of what drains you. And for me, that's being a it's not advocate, but it's um, activist. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I support the, I root for the underdog. I, I can help, like I can help people that are going through a tough time, but I'm not going to be out there marching. That drains me. And I remember during the pandemic, my heart was holding a lot of space for the underserved. And I, I, I just was like flat out. Like I had a lot of tough days with no energy. And I think that was my empathic nature, kind of feeling all the feels. And so the book just helps helps one understand like why you feel drained if you're trying to behave in a certain way and then what gives you really good energy. So it's just an interesting book. And uh, I'm grateful for the friend who, Jema, who told me about it. Oh, that sounds like a really good book. I will, I'm always on the hunt for a good book recommendation. And I I could see how that could be really helpful just to kind of you know, give you it's an extra navigation personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love the title too. So I'll have to get that link for you. And we'll, we'll put that in the show notes below as well. So if anyone's interested in checking it out, we will, we will drop the link for sure. Well, Stephanie, this has been awesome. I mean, again, I feel like we could talk for probably another <laughs> a few hours about all this stuff. I know when you and I uh, and, and Dale have gone out to dinner, it's like we could just chat and chat and chat about, uh, you know, all things, not just business. Mm -hmm. We have, a, you know, uh, all, all, all types of things as well. But I so appreciate you being here today. Um, and I just would encourage anyone listening to give Stephanie a follow. You know, obviously she's working with, with Chicago Title um, in Oregon and you know, regardless if you're an organ or not, I mean, shameless plug, I think Stephanie's an awesome one to follow. She shares so many great tips. I'd love Stephanie that you just share from the heart um, and you're just very real and authentic. And I know that's such an overused buzzword, but I just feel like in this day and age with all the noise that's out there, um, you are, you are the real deal. And um, so I'm just so grateful that you spent time with us. And I, like I said, I would encourage anyone to, uh, to connect with you. So we'll put your Instagram um, and any of your contact information that you'd like to share. We'll make sure we, uh, we put that below. Thank you, Katie. I think the way that you are so transparent and authentic allows you to identify that in others. You recognize that it's like, I'm a mirror reflecting that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that for sure. Um, and for all of our listeners, if you enjoyed our podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, the best thing you can do is if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like comment below. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we would love if you would subscribe and give us a five-star review that actually really does help. We really do appreciate it. And of course, share it out on social media. That's always the best thing that you can do. Um, for more information about me or our Get Social Smart Academy, you can go to katielance.com. We have tons of free resources. We have our Get Social Smart Academy as well and would love to connect with you. So thank you again for tuning in. Thank you again, Stephanie, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you want more, head over to katielance.com and check out the Get Social Smart Academy, guaranteed to get you social smart. 
Also, sign up for a free email newsletter packed full of great content. Until next time, get social smart.